I don't know. She was so weird. But she goes, yeah, she's Miss April. And I'm like, Miss April, like, Bethesda, which is the town we're in. I'm like, Miss April, D.C.? I, she's like, no, like, Playboy Miss April. And I'm like, holy shit, right? Mm. But now I'm, like, super nervous. So I go back and tell everybody at the bar, of course. And now <laughs> all the dudes are, like, turned around like this. Like, <laughs> the buyback. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. The buyback podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. Uh, how you doing, man? How's your day? Good. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, I met your buddy, uh, uh, Bart. Yeah. Well, thank you for sitting up, uh, sitting down and doing this with us. Uh, my name is John, and uh, that, that guy over there. On I'm Alex. Your screen, he's Alex. <laughs> John, Andrew, nice to meet you, man. Nice Andrew, meet you. Nice. Andrew, we got to ask right away. You live in D.C., right? Yeah. And your name is Andrew Jackson? Well, I live in Maryland, but yeah. It is. <laughs> Even my name's a funny story. Like, it wasn't planned that way. My mom, she had me at a super young age, and then she met some dude, and he adopted me. So it wasn't, like, planned, but it, it, I don't know. It's but, pretty cool. Yeah. Andrew yeah. Jackson, it is. Cool. So uh, welcome to the Buyback Podcast. We love to just sit down with bartenders from all over. Do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what your what your bar history is and how you got into the business first? It's funny, man. I, I never envisioned myself doing any of this or being in a big city. I grew up in a small town upstate New York on a pumpkin farm. A pumpkin farm. Never thought I'd be, like I said, down here. But um, I, uh, I met this kid up where I was who was, uh, he was a sweet dude. He was like starting businesses and starting clubs and he was he was a big with the promoting with the colleges up there, and uh, he was a total uh, shyster though. <laughs> and this is I got my bar gig. So he started he opened his club, and uh, I had no bartending experience. But he's a good buddy of mine. He's like he just threw me back there on one of these. They're, it's, it's SUNY. I don't know if you know SUNY Upstate New York schools, right? Dude, it was like one of the biggest fraternity parties or whatever. And I mean, it was just chaos. Like I didn't. I mean. I was making drinks that weren't drinks and uh, <laughs> and nobody cares because they're all like probably underage and getting into this place. And uh, so from there, I, I did that for a while with him. And then uh, that went out of business. Like I said, he was a con man. <laughs> well, okay, really hold on. Yeah. Alex, you went to SUNY, right? Yeah, I went to SUNY Oneonta. That school was a party school. SUNY Oneonta, like it was wild. <laughs> so, well, so, yeah. Fun little spot, man. Yeah. Andrew, yeah. where were you? As far as what? Uh, upstate. Where, what town? Oh, sorry. Uh, I grew up between, I grew up in a little town called Owego near Binghamton, near Ithaca. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> what was they saying? Yeah, dude was just a con man. He kept starting businesses and they would, like, he wouldn't pay the bills and they would close and then he'd start another business somehow in, like, another family member's name. I mean, this is, like, 20 years ago, so I guess things were a little easier to, uh, scams were easier. I don't know. Yeah. So he started this Italian restaurant. I was bartending there. And uh, it was going pretty well. He had live music and, and uh, decent food. He got a good crew in there. And within six months, just kind of ran into the ground. So I was like, all right, I got to get away from this dude. <laughs> but at this point, I, I knew how to make some drinks. And I, you know, I knew how to talk to people a little bit. I was in my early 20s. So uh, me and my brother moved down here. And, uh, you know, it's just been a whirlwind since. You know, it's like uh, I put a lot of time into the places I worked. I, the next place I worked was a brewery. And I was there 11 years, which is a super long time in bar gigs. Yeah. You know? What brewery was it? It was called Rock Bottom Brewery. And it's one of the places, it, it, they don't like market and sell their stuff all over the country. It's more like in-house. They were an early brewery. So it was like mm -hmm. 
restaurant maybe you know them they just um they pump out the beers they have in their in their place you can buy growlers but it isn't mass marketed or anything mm-hmm. cool um you know i learned a ton there geez I, and i finagled my way into that too because when i got there like oh you gotta be a server you know we don't just let and i gotta tell you man when i stepped into this place and it's in a super hot spot um or was uh bethesda maryland which is right outside of dc it used to be like a pumping spot man uh the bartenders there were like legendary so it was like there was no room there was no getting in these guys are pulling down huge money they knew everybody in the bar so anyways i finagled my way into that and then i did that for 11 years and then i got with this really cool company i'm with now that and these guys are super cool they're in dc and they get they're like a conglomerate they just they got a bunch of game bars and bars without pins like dive bars and it, it's just cool like it's super hands-off uh everybody's treated like a manager, like because you kind of run your own shift and and you just um and they're and they're super busy, you know. So kind of like my bartending background, I think. Yeah. Do you do so, you think of yourself more as a, a flair bar, like a cocktail baker? Or are you just uh, do you do shots and shots and beers? What do you do? Shots and beers, dude. <laughs> yeah. I've done it all, and I've talked. To, you know, I've done the, the the fine dining talking. I've done the the brewery talk. I've done it all. But twenty five years into this, I mean, it was twenty five years because I'm forty five. I uh, forty six. Shit. They, uh, I, I don't know, man. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to people. We have an awesome ecosystem of, of, uh, of uh, regulars, but like, I'd rather just make drinks as fast as possible and just move people along. And and, and I luckily work in a spot that's super busy. Cool. Can you yeah. tell us about? Can you tell us about that bar? Yeah, jackpot. Am I allowed to say it? I don't. Want yeah, to no. Speak. As long as you're comfortable <laughs> saying it, we we will tag them and everything too. No, no. I, I. There's not. I'm not going to tell any stories that I. First off, the, the place is pretty innocent. Um, so I, there's nothing I'm going to incriminating anybody on so it's, it's called jackpot and it's on 7th street in chinatown so it's like the mega like tourist street of dc right you got the arena across the street so on any given day you've got like a, a washington capitals or a washington wizards game right next i could throw a rock into the building so mm-hmm. we get crushed we get crushed so much that it's uh i mean i'm surprised people walk in look at the place and go uh, they don't leave some probably do but because i think they see that drinks are coming out so fast that they just stay but still like uh typical price for a beer and shot at your at, like in that area just kind of trying to understand like compared to new york city prices uh a little less obviously um i would say a shot at jameson in most places is like 11 12 bucks got it for 10 we're always a little under. Mm-hmm. Uh, i have a good ipa where we at, at our place is like nine we could probably bump it to 10 um most of our beers are eight or nine bucks but you know, I gotta tell you, right up the street, at, at any type of fine dining or any type of restaurant, it's uh, it's two, three, four dollars more. So, yeah. Yeah. bar on the street. That's pretty yeah. high. I mean, the bar I work at in New York right now, a shot of JMO is nine. We're definitely not like highbrow at all. You guys drinking, by the way? No. <laughs> My guilty pleasure is dark rum ginger beer. There you go. Like a lightweight dark and stormy, no lime yeah. juice. Yeah. yeah, dark and stormy. <laughs> um, I don't like people to know it too much. I mean, I usually just drink IPAs and cool you know manly's the shit but uh yeah it's like my sweet drink i guess yeah okay. yeah solid yeah cool oh what are you so, drinking what was that what oh drinking? i'm drinking uh mezcal and uh soda nice. mezcal. yeah i just like the smokiness of it it's like the scotch of um tequila which is yeah, what I i'm drinking i got a lot of uh it's i think it's lafroy it was in my decanter i don't know anymore <laughs> favorite man pd the better yep uh, it's funny you guys drink those i mean i think those are acquired tastes as you age yeah, yeah I, I do i agree 
Um, yeah, I like like uh, the Laudable in sixteen, where it's like you're like inhaling smoke, like smoke. But <laughs> dude, I love it. You wake up in the morning, you think you smoked a cigar because your hand smells a little bit. Yeah, right. You you just smell like smoke. All right, cool. So moving right along, uh, what's your biggest customer pet peeve? Oh man, well, so particular to the bar I work at. So we have no food, right? But we have a popcorn machine that's like on fire. It's moving so much. We make so much popcorn. And it's a sweet idea because it keeps people in their seats, right? Uh, they're not running out for food. It's just, an, and, and it makes you drink more. So we get a lot of customers that come up to the bar. They might not order a drink. They know we have free popcorn. So they ask for that. And then when you come back, they string order you and they're like, uh, and a water or and, uh, whatever. And you're like, all right, dude, you're going to order something, you know, and I'm busier than hell and whatever. But I, we still don't like, we're given a lot of leeway to like, you know, kind of be snippy with people, but that's not really my thing, you know, unless people are just abusing us. So things like that, um, holy cow, dude, when people are like, hey, you want to start a tab? And people know now, I think that if they could, if you can start a tab, it's a thousand times faster than closing out. But they, you know, and it's busy, people panic and they're like, oh, you want to start a tab? And they're like, just close it for now. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck does for now mean? Sorry about the line. No, you're no, just, whatever. Yeah, you're... <laughs> so stupid stuff like that, man, it's, uh, ordering and walking away drives me crazy. People do that. They order and they walk back to their friends. They turn around and start talking to their friends. We're so, dude, I'm a smash and grab bartender. Like, my game is, fa- I can make an old fashioned, an excellent old fashioned in 30 seconds. Yeah. So it's like, they may not know that. So we're just moving drinks, moving drinks, and, and people just walk away and casual. And it's like, hey, dude. So stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So you've been at a brewery, you've been in the bar you're at now, which is sounds like a super duper fast paced bar. What stories pop to mind when you think about just bartending? What what do you remember? What stories do you love sitting down and telling people? I had a really cool thing happen to me. I mean, I've met some famous people. I don't know if that's what the type of things you're looking for. Uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that works. Yeah. I've met some really cool people. I, I got to go on a date with a Playboy Playmate. That, that's by far the coolest thing ever happened to me, right? There you go. Yeah. Is it from, like, the bar? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it correlates to the bar. I mean, it's a great great story. I just, I mean, I don't know if you're ready for it. It's it's just crazy. Yeah. How'd you meet her? We're ready. Well, so it was, like, a a Monday night working with my best friend uh, at the brewery uh, years ago. This is around 2000. I'm just going to throw a number out there because I don't want to get sued by her either. So I'm just going to say it was in the range of 2010 to 2013, right? She come, so this girl comes into the bar. It's, it's like late night where like food, the kitchens are going to close all over town, right? Her and this older woman come into the bar. And immediately, and like on a Monday at a bar, it's usually about dudes, Monday night football. Immediately everybody like turns around and we're like starstruck. So you're like, holy cow. This girl's in sweatpants. But like you can tell by her head and her look, her smile. You're like, whoa, this girl's like prettiest thing I've ever seen. This is weird. So they sit out in this section where like we got to run out and wait on them. And uh, so I run out there, and, and she's like, oh, well, the bar t- up, up the road set us down here. There was no food. The kitchens are closed. So we're like, cool, we got you. So um, meanwhile, she's, like, smiling at me, looking at me all weird. So I'm like, I'm really, I'm kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> so when I come back to the bar, my buddy's like, everyone's like, well, you know, oh, what's she saying? What's her deal? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, she's making me uncomfortable. Anyways, <laughs> orders food. Uh, she goes to the bathroom, and... Um, I thought it was maybe like a work relationship or something because the woman was old, like ha- twice her age. I, I asked her something like, oh, uh, the, the girl who was super pretty, like, so, I don't know, it was, she was so weird. But she goes, yeah, she's Miss April. And I'm like, Miss April, like Bethesda, which is the town we're in. I'm like, Miss April, D.C. I, 
She's like, no, like Playboy Miss April. And I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. right? But now I'm like super nervous. So I go back and tell everybody at the bar, of course. And now <laughs> all the dudes are like turned around like this. Like, <laughs> I, uh, she's smiling at me. It's, it's super weird. Her, so she goes, oh yeah, I'm her stepmom. The, the woman with her. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, like I was going to ask her out. <laughs> now, now. Anyways, I, I find her on Facebook and I reach out to her like the next day. And I'm like, hey, you were at the bar and you were smiling at me all goofy. And uh, I'm like, we should go out, you know, whatever. And uh, I couldn't believe it. she's like, yeah, cool. So, so we meet up. And I'm like, I didn't really want to bring her around people I knew, but I also knew I had to get some verification for this. Yep. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I was recently divorced, so I was like really feeling like myself. You know what I mean? Um, so I went to the sushi place with her and a couple of my boys I knew were going to be there. And so they we get there and, and she comes, shows up. She, she's parks this A-series Benz, which is her stepmom's. I don't know if you know this, but like these people that are do this, like they like talk differently like every she was i would talk to her i would curse and stuff like i'm just normal and she'd be like oh golly gee um, <laughs> i'm not it's like pageant talk <laughs> oh, wow anyways long story short went out we did some clubbing place things i don't even do anymore but she was young and i went to some cool bars and it was really weird i ran into and i utilized all my stuff i had some uh heads of security at places front of the lines i because I'm like, got dude, I got, I'm like, you're gonna meet her and you're gonna make it happen. We're gonna be in the DJ booth, and it, it was cool. It worked out. So we went to. Uh, she's like, take me to the greasiest diner you know of, and I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it's, there's this hole in the wall back where back near where she lived, called Tasty Diner. We went there, dude. We went and sat at the counter, and people were just like all around, and I, people knew me there, so that's that's part of it. They're like, who the hell is he with, you know? So, anyways, um, she gets things that you would never imagine as a plane. But she gets like chocolate chip pancakes disco fry like things you should never (laughs) oh by the way she's like oh yeah i'm in the running for playmate of the year and like it's like four in the morning like or she's like what now and i'm like i don't know like hotel room or and she's like no i don't have time for all that she's like i was thinking parking garage (laughs) i know and i'm like uh okay and there's one right across the street but so i'm like cool whatever and i'm still young and stuff so i'm like feeling like yeah whatever like i don't care i'm a little older now and i I don't do that stuff (laughs) I mean, if it's a Playboy Playmate, I mean, I might still. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, I, you never know what you do in the moment now. I mean, but uh, so we get up to the top of the parking garage and she's like, okay, so like if I get caught in this car doing anything, I'm uh, definitely going to be a problem with half. And I'm like, well, I would think so. Yeah. She's like, well, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do stuff to you and you're going to look out the window. And- <laughs> You're not going to look at me at all. It was the whole thing was so weird. It was so weird. And so like, I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, look at her. She's like, like, out the window. I'm like, so anyways, it wasn't the greatest experience, but it was a real cool story to talk to grandkids. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. And we chatted for like a couple of weeks. She sent me a picture in her bunny costume on New Year's at the Playboy Mansion. And then I never heard from her again. <laughs> you That's wild. two degrees yeah. of separation from Hugh Hefner. You are probably... Depending on how virile Hef was that year, you might yeah. be Eskimo Brothers with Hugh Hefner. Bro, I always rap it. <laughs> That's a good life lesson. Always yeah. rap it. Well, all my bartender buddies don't, and I'm not saying anything I know about them, but I'm like, you guys are nuts. Yeah. You know how it is, or maybe you do or don't, I don't know, being behind a bar, it's like, if you're halfway decent looking and can talk to people, I mean, it's, it is falling to your lap. I mean, so yeah, you gotta be careful. Uh, anything uh, else? Anything else you remember memorably that just stands out in your mind? Oh, dude, that happens every day. I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly what you're looking for, but uh, I had some dude tell me the other day. 
this is kind of like went along with my customer pet peeves, but just kind of because it was a random story. Uh, last week, this dude, he's like, yeah, uh, he was. He had a bunch of beers, and some young kids came in next to him, young, like 21, 22, and they were like preppy athletic dudes, and they were drunk, super drunk. And uh, I guess they were bothering him. So he stops me. I'm super busy. I'm running by back and forth by myself on a Thursday. He goes, hey, man. He goes, uh, I want you to know that these kids over here, they've, they're, they've threatened to kill me. And I'm going to sue you and I'm going to sue this bar and you're complicit. And I'm like, I'm like, what, dude? I'm like, all right, listen, what do you need me to do? do you, we got to escort you out of here. You need some help. What, you need help? What, what, what are you saying to me? Like, yeah. he kicked right out as a threat, right? That's after I've given him like seven beers in a few hours. He's been sitting at the bar talking to some chick the whole time. So I'm like, all right, dude, like, what can we do for you? He's just being a dick. He's like, I don't think you understand. Like, if they touch me, I'm suing you, and I'm suing this place, and I'm going to own this place or something. I don't even know what he said. Yeah. So anyways, I'm like, dude, um, I mean, this is just last week. So, like, if you're asking for stories, I mean, this is memorable. It's always something. Uh, yeah. Do you get a lot of entitlement working where you are? I don't know the clientele in D.C., but. Yeah, dude, it's a lot. Um We've got an awesome group of regulars, and we've got there's some really cool people. I've lived here a long time, I've lived here twenty years. Um, but there's a lot of nameless, faceless, like government workers, career workers. You know, everybody comes to the city for career, right? And they meld into the pot, they fit in, they just um, so it's 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 cool, but it's it's very standoffish. I've always said if you can date well in DC, you can kill it anywhere in the world because it's probably the most standoffish area I've ever been. This place is really cool looking. What's that, Jackpot? Yeah, I just pulled up photos of it. Yeah, it's dope, dude. It's a tiny little spot. It holds 100 people, but it's a hole in the wall that's down. People walk by, don't even there. It's like everybody that comes in are like, oh, this is like the gem of the city. And I'm like, I'm happy. I'm lucky to work here. Yeah. yeah. So what happened with that guy uh, at the bar? Just real quick. Uh, so I look over at the two kids that he says are going to kill him. One's leaning back in his chair sleeping like this. The other one's shoving popcorn in his face, standing next to him, leaning on him with his eyes closed. I'm like, I go, these guys are going to kick your ass? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. So we, we asked him to leave. He called the cops. And then when the cops came, we told him what happened. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, hey, hey. I'm like, not only that, I'm like, can you also, can you tell him he's never allowed back? And they're like, absolutely. I'm like, sweet. Kill two birds, one stone there. Awesome. <laughs> well, he was a total dickbag. Hey, Alex, do you know what time it is? What time is it, John? Well, unfortunately, it's time for a good old-fashioned bathroom break. So we'll be right back after these messages from maybe Alex and maybe our sponsor. So here's the deal. I still love Austin Eastsiders, but we haven't been in contact with them for a while. However, I have been talking to my new friend Jim over at Screwball Whiskey. I don't know if you guys have tried Screwball Whiskey, but it is the perfect peanut butter whiskey. Now, Jim doesn't know that I'm making this ad for him right now, but we have been in talks on doing some stuff together, and he does listen to the podcast. This one goes out to you, Jim. Uh, make sure to try some screwball whiskey, because it is delightful. Mix it with jelly, put it on your turkey. And we are back. So what about, like, uh, what's um, a gross story? Because we've... Like working in bars, you see the just the worst of people, but also just some really nasty stuff. So, like, is there any like a really gross story you remember? Yeah, uh, yeah, a couple. Uh, funny you mention this too because this week we had some construction done, like mild construction with some lights behind the bar, 
And I was looking behind the register. And normally that bar is super clean. We clean it four times a year, like in a deep clean. And we have cleaning crew every night. And I and there was a behind the the printer of the register. There looked like there was. It, I thought it was weed. I thought it was like uh, clumps of weed on a on a stalk, right? And and it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, just being a bartender, people throw shit at like give you stuff. And so I'm like, dude, I looked. I grabbed it like the stalk, and it was a mummified mouse. Oh, black. <laughs> And, and the only reason I knew it was a mouse because I could see its teeth, and I like shrieked like a chick, dropped something <laughs> working it with. He he's standing right over me. We both were like, oh, it was tough. Uh, but I mean, I see we had some girl that was a little crazy, like took all her clothes off and shit all over the bathroom one time at one bar I was at, you know. And then we had it, it's really awkward because you've got an all men security staff, and she's clearly crazy. It wasn't just alcohol; it was something going on. And uh, like, how do you? remedy that like get her to get her clothes on like we, we need to ask help of some women patrons it's i've seen a lot that yeah. Is, man. yeah i feel like in a bar no matter how well things get cleaned there's just always going to be that mouse behind the register <laughs> like old <laughs> somewhere or you know sometimes like so we have our beer lines clean every two three weeks but every once in a while some of these real uh unfiltered hazy ipas a clump of yeast fall in someone's beer it's yeah, <laughs> but it's geek. I mean, it's not a big deal. Yeah, if you yeah. a pipe, it looks like it's the slime. It looks like raw calamari. Oh, when they clean it, yeah, yeah, when it's, they it's it. gross. So it's, <laughs> yeah, we we don't we don't tell people how gross that is. That is yeah, foul. yeah. yeah people saw behind the scenes, right? They wouldn't come to the bars. Um, so what is your dream bar? If you could create a bar or work at a bar that you already know of, what would your ideal of a, a your your idea of a perfect bar be? You ever seen Cocktail? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know when he gets out of New York and he finds that perfect island bar? I, I, I would say something like that, but I don't think they exist. I think, I think everything is like a resort and just terribly cheesy, right? But if you could find that, find that. And I've been to some pretty cool bars in Florida that's like wide open. The only problem with that is it's like canned beer and like, wicked old wrinkled people you know they got their cigarette bar and yeah it's on i mean but it's 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 something like that i would i would go that route because i've done so many i I don't know i've been in all cold weather areas i've I've done everything i think other than something like that yeah we get it it, more often than not when at when bartenders are asked that question it's always a beach bar someplace warm i got a backup plan okay i i would uh if this is where I'd work or a bar I'd design, I mean, I don't want to do Anything that. Anything you want, yeah. Dude, have you, if, you've, if you've ever been in New Orleans, there's some bars that are like 200 years old. It's so cool. That, like, there's a blacksmith one, John Lafitte's Tavern. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> there's like cobwebs in there that are like 200 years old. Lafitte's yeah. is haunted. It's haunted, yeah. Yeah, it's dope. Like, something like that would be great. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah. Following you it know, up, what is your favorite drink to make when you're making cocktails? You said you can make uh, an old fashioned real quick, but what's your favorite drink to make? Uh, I got a mezcal drink I like a lot. It's uh, it, you, you, I serve it up. You know, it's like two ounces or almost two ounces of mezcal, and then uh, small amounts of luxardos, like cherry and mm-hmm. maro, and then you set you you a little dash of lime juice, man, and shake, and it's like all your flavors: you citrus, smoky. Uh, and then you got a little bit of that tart sweetness. It's a good one. I, I, my favorite drink in the world is like a spicy mar, uh, mezcal marg, right? Yeah. So it's along those lines, not the hot salt and all that other junk. Yeah. Um, Wait, so, uh, 
Yeah. Have you, so I know you're drinking rum and ginger beer, right? Right now? Yep. I've had mezcal ginger beer and lime with agave syrup. It's like a, it's like a mezcal mule. So it's like a Moscow mule, but with mezcal. I have not, no. You should, I think you would, just knowing what your tastes are like, I think you'd like that. You should go for it. I'm so into my like, uh, and I'm not a big rum drinker. It's something about, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're not working, where do you like to, uh, what bars do you like to go to, hang out, or shout out to some of your favorite bars in the area? Yeah, so uh, pre, pre-COVID DC was an awesome thing, man. And and it, I, they got hit hard. I'm sure New York got hit hard. We lost a lot of the best bars. Yeah. And gosh, there were some legendary ones. Uh, nowadays, I just kind of stay in the area where I work. And I'm sure there's some great spots. I've kind of lost touch there. I've gotten older and got and I've lost a little touch with like the new up and comers. There's some cool spots. There's a lost and found couple blocks. It's cool. It's very similar to where what to art where I work at. It's got that dive feel, real clean though. Uh, great clientele, you know, people in there, good bartenders. That's one. Um, you know, I stay around Seventh Street and it, because so we're a big industry bar, right? Jackpot is the industry bar. We. Half of our clientele is probably bartenders and servers from around, right? I go visit them a lot, you know? And it may not be the greatest bar, maybe like a chain restaurant, but like, because they're close and we just pop around and they're going to hook me up and I'm going to tell stories and vice versa. Those are the places I go. I don't really have anything particular other than that. I mean, I'm really more just visiting bar friends, bartender friends. Yeah, I feel like that's how we all operate. You know, right. we just, I, where a friend is, we want to help them out on a shift. Right, and like I can make the best as long as the place doesn't completely suck, I can make the best of it. Whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. It's super cool to get a little dressed up, go out with some girl to a, a new hotspot. I but I feel like I'm doing that less and less. I, don't know. <laughs> I gotta get back out there. COVID put it. It just it taught everybody how to drink at home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. What about customer interactions? Do you have any customers that you've ever had a great time with? As far as customers go, I'm here on a daily basis. You guys are just awesome. You guys are the best. I have this one pilot that comes in. Every once in a great while, he's Middle Eastern. He goes, hey, man, he pulled me aside. He goes, hey, man, I just got to tell you, I, you know, I travel all over the world. I've been everywhere. He goes, you are the best. I come to see you because you are the best. And it's just because I'm fast, dude. It's just because they watch us fast. And I got to tell So I work with one of the other fastest dudes that I've ever worked with or seen. And we're like, and it's small. The bar's like long. It's not. It's a lot for one, fine for two. But on the weekends, it's so crazy. It's like poetry back there like we don't bang into each other and it's small and it's like you know i'll be making popcorn over here like this while he's making drinks underneath it's wild man and uh, we've got the music right the lighting right people love it dude it's it's a, so my interactions with people i keep having are like we, we it's just appreciative customers and you and, and i have to say why maybe the same in new york maybe not there's something with dc bartending and it's been this way for a long time where super entitlement almost like you're lucky to be at their bar getting a drink and they make you wait for it and they don't care about making money. And it's the most bizarre thing. It's like the opposite of my thinking. So there's a lot of that. To, and it drives me the most crazy because I do this. So I do the opposite. We were, we were running back there and we're like, you know, we're talking, we can, we're interjecting in conversations, but it's, it's uh, it's like a track meet for 12 or 13 hours. That's the other thing. Our shifts are 13 hours, right? This place is, it's a double every time you go in. Yeah. That's so the right customers are right the, the scene is right it's awesome i'm at the, to me personally i'm at the pinnacle of bartending i feel like in my life i'm not sure i could find a better spot are you do you do so you do weekends i do thursday friday saturday right now so you have the best shifts you have long shifts but 
then you have the whole week <laughs> off. I'd rather do weekdays than be by because you're by yourself on the weekdays unless there's like a major event. And and on twelve hours by yourself, you're you know, you're taking all the money. We don't even have bar backs, dude. It's we do everything. Yeah. We do where make popcorn, do, uh, drinks. We have a security guy or two, and we just crank, man. And so it's it's uh you know when I come out of there, I need like a massage and uh, <laughs> but especially three days in a row. But yeah. I'm also like in the best position I've ever been, and as far as uh you know, in this field, I'm not gonna lie there. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. If you guys are ever down, you got to check it out. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> one day we're going to do with this thing. We've made enough friends. We're going to do a whole cross-country thing. That's my goal. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, what about, like, celebrities? Speaking of customers, like, have you ever had someone roll in? A lot of hockey guys. Like, Pierre Lebron was a big one. He used to come into the bar. I used to work. It, uh, he's like this ABC or CBS or NBC, I think, announcer for hockey. And he's like, oh, it's my favorite bar. Every time I come to D.C., it's the hockey bar. And uh, uh, Brett... Uh, so Brett Hall, Brett Hall was in, you know, stuff like that. Nothing. My famous story was the playmate. I mean, I haven't really met any like super famous actors or anything. You told us you would go stories. Yeah. We got to know. Before I moved to, um, to down here to Maryland, DC area, uh, upstate New York. And there's a lot of that, that haunted stuff. Cause it's a lot of old buildings, you know? So there was this bar, it's called wings and it's still there, I think. And, uh, they have a, a, a resident ghost named Charlie. And so like, I've never particularly had an instance with Charlie but my mom had, she's had a times where she would bartend a few nights a week. She has, and she worked there. But what I did have is I did, I was kind of hanging with this chick. This is way back, dude. This is before my bartending. I was like 20 ish, 21. Hanging with this chick, and she was really into like Ouija boards and stuff. So me and my buddy and her and her friend, we she lived above that bar. Now, I didn't know this at the time, this place was haunted. It all, this is the story all comes together. So, uh, so we go up there, and I'm a hotshot young guy. I don't care about that. I'm like, oh, that stuff's not real. And, like, sure enough, like, stuff's happening, man. Shadows are going, I mean, over the course of a few hours, shadows are going across the wall, candles blown out, knocks on doors, all kinds of stuff. And, like, we're the only ones there. Um, I mean, there was a bar underneath them. We can keep, but at some point, that place closed. That place closed, and we were still up all night. You know, just nonstop, you know, Ouija board stuff. I don't know how you've met, if you guys have messed with that stuff. And, uh, you know, just so that bar was obviously super haunted. And like I said, I found out there was a resident ghost there later. And then, like, there was this other bar we used to go to called the Brackney Inn in Brackney, Pennsylvania, which is still very close to Binghamton, New York, right up the, right up the hill. And uh, that so Wings doesn't have any stories in the paper, but you could Google about the Brackney. And it's just nonstop people seeing uh, this woman go. And the place was burned down like two or three times, and then they always see tons of ghosts. And then someone worked there, died, and the, the lake behind it. It's just story after story. So, like, stuff like that. I mean, I, I haven't particularly seen ghosts in bars, but I mean, I have seen a lot of ghost stuff not pertaining to bars, but that's my ghost bar story. <laughs> <laughs> what was the second? What was that second bar that you were talking oh, about? Brackney Inn. Now, it just burned down recently again, I think, for the second time. It's like a hundred <laughs> place. It's in Brackney, PA. Okay. Dude, Google, that's a, there's some good stories there on that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> I looked for this place, Wings, and it's Wings with a Z, I think, and that there's nothing uh You have to ask people that work there. And the resident's ghost, I think his name is Charlie, they said. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what is What's a customer have to do in order for you to take notice and buy him a drink bag? Well, that's the thing. So... Uh, I, so I spend my comp check mostly on industry that comes in, uh, 
we have people that come in five, six, seven days a week, dude. I'm not even kidding you. There's people, they have, it's like their gym or something. They have to go for an hour a day. We try to take care of those people because I know they're like spending the majority of their money, right? Also, but like if there's a cool customer, no doubt about it, man, like somebody I don't know, we take care of our regulars. And uh, and then obviously if there's any customer that's, cool, you know, someone's like, oh my God, I love this place. You guys are amazing. Like, oh, obviously I'm about to buy them a drink or two. You know what I mean? Like, awesome. yeah. so, so we do, we have a pretty uh, decent comp check. We have the ability, the, the place I work, they put a lot on us, but it's the way it's set up and it's, um, you know, we all have manager licenses in case of, like the liquor board comes in and, and asks to see our liquor license, stuff like, stuff like that. So I, I have, we have one general manager. He handles the day to day and whatever, but he's not there all night with us. Like we are, if there's a customer complaint, we are the people. Right. And so it's pretty cool. Like it's, it, the ownership is, that's just the way they do it. And it's, they, they, it takes a lot to hire some, trust somebody, leave at your establishment all night. Um, so it, I, yeah. It's, it's kind of a cool concept, I guess. I'm sure there's bars in New York like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, can yeah. you, you're actually the first person who's ever said the words comp check on the podcast. Can you just yeah. explain real quick what a comp, a comp check is? Well, the owners want you everything rung in. They want, you know, if it's wrong in, they understand they, that they, you know, where it's gone. It has to do with like liquor costs and stuff like that. So, so uh, rather than just give it away and it, it disappears, it's better to be wrong in. And then uh, we comp it at the end of the night. Uh, we just discount it to zero, uh, but they have, uh, it's, 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 I think for their tax purposes, they can write it off or something as something doing business or, um, I've never owned something, but yeah. So yeah, the comp check is basically wrong in, but given away. Do you have and dreams free. of owning one day or are you happy where you are? I have, but not now because I'm, I'm getting older. I want to hang on doing this as long as I can. Dude, when you open something, you gotta be there like 24 seven for years. Yeah. Like 20s or 30s, yeah, maybe I thought about it. Um, nowadays, I'm, I I feel like I'm at the top spot. You know, money's right, situation's right, the, the responsibility's right. So I'm gonna ride this out as long as I can. I love it. Um, this is the first time in my bartending life I loved what I did. I I always just did it because I did it. And, like it was good money. I'm a single father. I got two kids, so like it allowed me a lot more freedom to like uh, have them and split custody and all that stuff. I never loved it though. I was always like, I hate the nights. I hate the weekends. It, it, screws up every relationship i have uh you know because everybody here's a nine to fiver but dude i love it i'm like probably happier than i've ever been uh bartending <laughs> are you allowed to take a shot with a customer if someone tries to buy you a, a shot or are you i don't know i'm not a shot taker dude that's the one thing that i think people get annoyed with me about people are always trying to buy shots and i'm like dude don't even say don't even bother like i'm just not that's not me anymore i'm not i've gotten there too i have a strict one shot or no shot rule. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I came off the one shot. Now it's none because even that one affects me differently. I'll tell you what it is. It's no shots of whiskey, no how, no Jameson, no nothing. And that's what everybody drinks. I could do a shot of tequila, no problem. Wake up, not a problem. Somehow the brown stuff, man, it's like I got punched in the head. It, 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 I don't know. Maybe I've just drank too many years. I don't know. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Alex, do you have any more questions? No, I got the ghost stories. I got the great stories from behind the bar. That was the wild ride of the um, the Playboy Bunny. So, <laughs> cool. do you have any uh, plugs, or do you have a place where people can find you on Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, I, I have an Instagram. It's I guess pretty cool. Uh, uh, Vegas Holiday. It's like a nickname I I got as a uh, younger teen or twenties. So Vegas Holiday. How did you get that nickname? 
Yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine. I, I have some really, I have some really, I have some eclectic friends, some cool friends, man. All walks of life. Honestly, it's really stupid. Do you guys remember when the Ed Hardy hats came out yeah. and all that like stupid trucker hats? Yeah. I bought a stupid one that had it was a huge trucker hat that had some Vegas on it. It was like it was a total seventies look. Had some stupid dice on it. And honestly, they were just busting my balls calling me Vegas for the longest time. But it kind of fit because you know I'm like a bartender, like I hang out in bars. I mean, I don't know the way I, I you know, I'm like a gym rat and all this stupid shit. I don't know where the holiday part came from to be honest. With you. Yeah, but Vegas Holiday is my uh, Instagram. Cool. Yeah, I almost didn't go back to bartending, man. I was doing some construction. I was thinking about starting a little niche business, a little stump grinding business. There's a ton of money in that. And my buddy, my buddy was like, dude, just just go back to Jack because they were calling like, hey man finally open dude we were close for 15 months without a kitchen so from march 2020 to may 21 and so they start calling like dude back and i was like i'm like thinking dude no one's gonna go out it's gonna be awkward the whole mass thing like i'm not gonna make any money and be standing on there for 12 hours i was like anyway my buddy convinced me and i and i wanted to give him a little shout out actually yeah totally uh, a couple buddies i got that work on the street that run some really cool bars uh, but anyways, he convinced me, and dude, I'm telling you, it was the greatest decision I might have ever made. Um, but yeah, this dude, uh, Keegan O'Neill, this kid I grew up with, we grew up in upstate New York on a street with, like, you know, your neighbors, like, down the road. And now we're both on 7th running probably the nicest seafood restaurant called True Lux. He's the GM over there. And so he pops in the bar, like, almost every time I'm working. And so, like, I see my best friend for, like, 30 years now on a daily which and we also worked at rock bottom together so we kind of followed each other i guess um and then uh there's another bro the alan that comes in runs this wicked dope uh tapas place uh it's a jose andreas restaurant up down the street uh it's called china chilcano um these dudes are like my bros but it, and these are people i visit like on the weekly whatever and uh and then there's other cats uh dan and rom over at clyde's these are like my guys. Like we on my break, break it's like I go to them constantly because right across the street. It's like a you know American local chain. But these dudes are awesome. These guys are like awesome bartenders. Uh, just the right, they have the right. They're like you guys. You know, they just understand it. You know, they understand the game and like you know what's cool, what's not supposed to do. So that's awesome. That's it. Yeah, thanks for shouting them out. We'll uh, we'll definitely keep that in too. That's awesome. One more. The guy is so fucking sweet. Uh, this dude Dylan, man, looks like a giant wizard. <laughs> dude, he, ah, he's he, he's not faster than me, but he's probably second. He works with you at uh yeah. at for the weekend. And Bart met him too. We're the weekend crew, and he plays in a band and all that stuff. And he looks like, like I said, he looks like ZZ Top, yeah. bro. He, I think people look at him and they just can't believe it when he's like, we're not that. He's just you know he just looks like a rocker, and he's back. We're back there just like fucking humping drinks out thousands of drinks a night so i'm I'm blessed to work with him because if, if it wasn't somebody on that level we'd go down many times sometimes i look up and it's a sea of people dude everybody needs a drink and there's like 75 people need to drink it it's insane because yeah. it comes after a game it comes like a wave it, it's it's insane it's like boom and there's 100 people in your face and so I, i'm blessed thank you very much andrew this was awesome yeah uh guys check my- out andrew at at jackpot in uh, D.C. Andrew, thank you again. Thanks. Here at the buyback, one of the things we want to do is talk about bar etiquette. So here is our bar rule. Bar rule. I don't know. I'm just fucking around. Bar rule. Bar rule? If you own buyback merch, please wear it to the bar. (laughs)
<laughs> Don't just wear it to bed. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the buyback, follow us on Twitter at the buyback, on Instagram at the buyback podcast, or email us at the buyback podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. If you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time. Well, there we go. And I'm Mike Hogan, motherfuckers!